is Friday, March 27th, and this is Community Pulse, your local report and update on the coronavirus situation here in Mid-Missouri. You can catch this every weekday morning at 9 a.m. only here on KOPN. Once again, today we are speaking with Dr. Elizabeth Alleman, local family physician and host of Your Health Matters, which airs every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on KOPN. Elizabeth, thank you for joining us this morning once again. Thank you, Tim, and thank you for all you're doing, and thank you to everybody who supports KOPN Community Radio. It's such a valuable resource and um, so important in these times. Um, thank you so yeah. much for that. Yeah. Uh, the with, So just to jump right in, the numbers continue to increase. It's what we expect to happen for some period of time. Uh, the world has uh, 543,000 cases getting close to 25,000 deaths, and 125,000 people recovered. Uh, Missouri now has 517 cases when I looked at 845, um, and eight deaths. Boone County has 37 cases, which is a pretty big jump from the 10 cases we had a couple of days ago. Five of those are clearly community transmission, and two are of unknown. So early in this, we were being reassured that we didn't have community spread and we didn't need to move further. Um, and now we're going to say, yes, we have community spread. And um, I, um, this is based on still very limited testing, but the testing is increasing. So um, we're a week or so into um, gradually increasing uh, social distancing. And I want to um, express a heartfelt gratitude to everybody who is changing their lives in some huge ways change is difficult, and this is making things better for all of us, but especially for those folks who are working in the hospitals who will um, have to really work very hard and put their lives and their health and their emotional well-being on the line. They're already, I'm hearing them talk about it, their mental health is struggling, but what I am going to guess is once it happens, what I've seen healthcare workers do is they stand shoulder to shoulder, they get the work done. They work long hours. They do what needs to get done. So, um, but if you admire a healthcare worker, then do even more social distancing than what we've been asking for. Um, want to give a little bit of update on testing. Uh, increasing facilities are testing with decreasing rules for right now. So Boone Hospital Center, Capital Region, St. Mary's are all testing with a doctor's order and uh, your primary care provider or I can get you an order if you want me to do that. That's 573-443-7070. There's no charge to talk to me. It's not a physician visit. I'm not becoming your doctor. I'm just checking to make sure that you have um, the symptoms in your meet our current criteria for testing, which is having symptoms of COVID-19, cough, shortness of breath, fever. There are some other ones, a change in sense of smell, um, uh, some gastrointestinal symptoms like nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. If you're having those symptoms, especially more than one of those symptoms, um, I would love to test you. The other way you can do that, so it's 443-7070, or on the web, you can fill out a form, uh, com, and there's actually now a form in Spanish, and I... Uh, my office staff, uh, my office manager is a fluent Spanish speaker, and she will call you back. Um, that is a new thing, and um, with all new things, there will almost certainly be some glitches, so please be patient with us. Uh, so the University of Missouri MU Health, um, if you go to muhealth.org, that will take you right to their um, their process for scheduling you for a free telehealth consultation, and then you can go get your test done. So. 
um, that's what's going on with testing. So far, the vast majority of the tests are coming back um, normal. That is no signs of COVID. So this is a great um, uh, piece of information. Yeah, that's really great um, to hear. And so t- yeah. t- tell us again, how long does it take to get results from one of these tests? Okay, Tim, that is that is the, the pain point on this. And I am so sorry about that. If I were queen of the world, I'd make it different. But um, so sadly, the first uh, tests were sent to a national corporation called LabCorp, which was the first um, company in the nation to say, yep, we're going to do screening through a private system. I don't know if you remember what felt like 10 years ago, which was two weeks ago, when the only people who could get tested were people with a known contact or known travel history to a hotspot. And that was really frustrating for people. Um, LabCorp got FDA approval to do a similar lab, not through the state. And um, they got inundated, and they are still digging themselves out. So there are people now 9, 10, 11 days out from having been tested who really have completed their isolation and are moving back into their life uh, without getting the result. Um, so that wow. is that's a sad thing. So then um, what's happened is the FDA started to clear other uh, companies, and so there's a, a company, Genitrate, um, that is testing for the university in Boone. And those tests are coming back much quicker than that. Um, I'm still asking people to be patient, uh, but it um, the tests um, get swabbed in the daytime. Some of those ones that are done early in the morning uh, come through on my fax around midnight. Um, and so then I'm calling people back. Uh, some of those people I'm calling back at, you know, eight in the morning. Well, at, not, not at eight in the morning. When I get off of this show and then... Um, so it's 24 hours for at the best, and um, some people it's 48 to 72 hours. Um, okay. So we're getting things back. Apparently, we're supposed to be in the in the pipeline is a one to two hour test. So it'll be a little bit more like the rapid strep that we're used to, or the um, office tests for things like urine pregnancy. I mean, urine pregnancy tests or urinalysis. Um, so those can come back fairly quickly. Um, so, but remember that there's the how long it takes to actually have the test done, and then there's all of the interval things of the order has to go in, it has to be faxed, it has to be received, it has to be processed. You know, there, there's all of the human part of it. So, um, I'm thinking we're going to get same day testing soon. The other thing that's really exciting is that there are people waiting for FDA approval to get an antibody test. So, that's to see whether you had it in the past. Um, it's going to be less helpful for people who are acutely sick, although we may get some help from that. Um, but, you know, two to three weeks after you have uh, had an illness, we can check to see whether you mounted antibodies. The, uh, the, the name of the virus is novel SARS-CoV-2, I think is it. Um, so we're looking for the, and COVID is actually the name of the disease. That's why the D is at the end. So we're going to be looking to see if you have antibodies to that to, to that new virus. So that is on the, the the horizon. It is not here yet, and I am I am I am sure that there are people who are working really hard to get that um, done. So, so, so we actually had a, a listener question that's kind of related to that yeah. topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If you if you're ready to get into our listener yeah, questions, yeah, um, let's get into the listener questions because that's what we're here for. Sure. So. Um, the question related to what you were just speaking about was, does one continue to pe- test positive for COVID-19 after recovering from the virus? And then sort of a follow-up, if you've already had the virus and recovered, can you still give it to somebody else? 
these are the questions that we're still figuring out. Um, we are, um, so the first answer is we don't know. Um, there seems to be a variation in how long people shed the virus. That is how long they've got virus replicating in their respiratory system and their body is um, uh, throwing it out in their, basically in their snot. So, um, and then that gets into your um when you breathe out, we think you're breathing out air, but you're also breathing out water vapor, little droplets, and larger droplets. So the little droplets are called aerosol, like, you know, something that comes out of a spray bottle. Um, and the bigger droplets are the ones that you might actually see or feel. And the virus is very clever and is able to get itself into the aerosol and the droplets. And we think that this virus is primarily um, transmitted that way. So it's the sharing of airspace because the aerosol the aerosol can stay in the, suspended in the air for about three hours after you breathe out, which is why we're asking people to not go into the grocery store. Sure, you can stay six feet away from people, and you can um, not touch the things, and you can wash your hands, and all of those are great, and we're so glad people are doing that. But it's not really enough because everybody who went in the grocery store left their air behind, their little aerosol, and if you go in within three hours of a person who has it, you are going to breathe their air, and depending on whether you get enough virus to make the um, to get you infected or not, is going to be dependent a lot on chance and your own immune system. So, um, I'm hearing people say, "Oh, I thought I could just sneak in to get milk. We're out of eggs. Um, I'm desperate for some bread." I get it, and this is why we're really asking you to get in line. Um, not physically, get in line online and um, have the groceries uh, put in your car or delivered to your home and don't go in. So we, so that's a long um, preamble to we don't know how long each person is going to shed the virus. We are, our best guess, public health people are telling me that a person who has the disease, who knows they have it, should, should stay away from others, should be isolated for seven days starting from the onset of symptoms, the first day they felt sick, or four days after they stopped having any symptoms, whichever one is longer. So if you get um, an illness, you get the illness on, on day one, you get diagnosed, you know you've got it, or you're just presuming you have it, and thank you for presuming that you have it and acting like you do, um, then you can start to count seven days. If at, um, and then you also count how long your symptoms are. So if you have symptoms for two days and then you're totally symptom-free and you feel great, hallelujah, you're still going to stay isolated for seven days. If you have symptoms for two weeks, then you are, as soon as you're all the way better, um, then you're going to count four days before you end your isolation. So that, um, and then I think there was, Remind me the question of, can you get it again? Is that one of the questions? Yes. If you've already had yes. the virus and recovered, can you still give it to somebody else? Um, so we think that almost everybody is going to stop viral shedding during that period we just described, you know, seven plus four. Um, but there may be some outliers who shed longer, and so, so possibly. Um, and then the question is, can you get it again? And the answer is some people... Some people can, but most of us are going to have some um, time of immunity when, when we've got antibodies in our, our um, bodies and we think that those people 
we're hoping that those people are reliably not going to get it or transmit it. And, and that's the way, remember, the coronavirus family is the same family of viruses that cause most of our common colds. So you can get the same common cold coronavirus more than once, but you typically don't get it in the same season. So, and, and so we don't know yet. We're going to find out how long those antibodies last, and that's why I'm really excited about an antibody test because it can begin to give us some information about what's typical for humans, and it can also give people specific information about what's going on with them. Yeah, things are evolving so rapidly, and we all look forward to, to the right. test. Yeah. Right. No one, no one alive has walked through this before, except for the people in China and you know now uh, around the world. So we're waiting, eagerly reading all of their their um, their information and hoping that we're going to get a lot of science, um, a lot of people going and doing the testing. So what other questions, Tim? So we had a, a question from listener Gladys Swan, and this is sort of related to what you were talking about uh, with the uh, potential dangers of sharing the same airspace. But her question was, for those of us who are sheltered in our homes, do we face mm-hmm. any danger if we take a walk down the street or should we keep entirely inside? Yeah, so really what I want you to do, what we're asking from a public health standpoint, um, is for you to not share air space especially confined airspace, with another person that you don't already live with. Um, So if you're already living with them or you're an essential worker and you work right next to them, then I would just call them your household, and those are the people you should share airspace with and nobody else. So please don't go visit somebody who's got a new baby, even if you're the grandparent and you're so in love and you can't wait. Um, Please don't go visit the elders unless you're their person. And don't go into the grocery store. Don't go into any building that's still open if you can come up with any creative way to stay out. Um, don't go into other people's homes. Don't have playdates with children. And if you, you know, if you are, but going outside and taking a walk, as long as you stay six feet away from other people, we think is a safe. Uh, at this point, that's still considered a safe interaction. Um, there are some people who are doing socially distancing walking dates where they walk on other sides of the, the, the street or a large sidewalk and, and chat at each other. Um, we think that that's probably safe, but please don't do that with very many people or very often. But, yes, going for a walk by yourself or with your dog is a perfectly wonderful part of maintaining your health and fitness and mental health during this time of otherwise confinement. And presumably the natural airflow outside can help disperse those aerosols more quickly than they would inside. In the same way that you're going to be less aware of somebody's perfume or um, whatever whatever other thing uh, they might be wearing um, in the outdoors. So, yeah, we, we think that outdoor exposure, again, we do not gather, do not have a threesome uh, socially distancing walking date. It's just too hard to stay six feet away from each other. Uh, that's why we're not, we're, you know, we were doing the elbow bumps and the, the foot things, but that gets you too close to each other, so we're not doing that. There's a lovely uh, person online who I'm following, Dr. John Campbell from the U.K. He's got a beautiful YouTube channel and makes daily updates and he um, his thing is uh, two meters which is six feet two meters of distance determines your existence so we're asking people to stay six feet from each other but not inside so stay outside and six feet away 
from each other. And this is so hard yeah. for so many of us, especially as the days go on. We're cooped up. Right. We're working by ourselves. Yes. We need some human touch and contact. But uh, it, Right. It, so you have your hugs at home. Mm-hmm. Um, 20 seconds, is, it, it releases a beautiful hormone called oxytocin that helps us feel connected and in love. And you get those. So you draw your household line. That's who your household is. And that's who you hug and have sex with and kiss. And I mean, appropriately, I'm not encouraging um, weird stuff here, but that's where our social, our physical connection should happen. And it is so essential for us. Um, and we should, we should be able to do that um, safely in our homes. It's harder if you've got an essential worker in your home and they're going out. Um, but if you're, we're all staying in, um, the people that you get your hugs at home and please get your hugs. Yeah. What else, Tim? Do we have another question? Yeah, we had one final question. I've seen a range of answers on this, and um, I'd love to hear your thoughts, especially as things are evolving. The question is, if you've been exposed to and contracted the virus, how long will it take for symptoms to appear, appear, if at all? And at what point does one become contagious? That's a great question, and this is the concept of the incubation period. And all diseases have one, and there's a variation. So the incubation period is the time from exposure to the first sign of, um, of symptoms. And for COVID-19, uh, we believe that it is um, anywhere from 1 to 14 days, with the most common being 3 days. Um, so, and, and I'm trying to remember what was the other thing. is. At, so what, how long, at what point does one become contagious? Or how long will it take for, for symptoms sure. to appear? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so... You become contagious as symptoms appear, and it's possible for a few days before that. So, um, and again, we're still trying to figure it out. So as if you come down with an illness um, and you first, if you want to get tested, get that done. Um, We think the best time to get tested and the best time to infect someone else, which is, you know, really the worst time to infect somebody else, is the first three days of symptoms. And... um, and then if you would write down who you were in contact with for the four to five days before that, because if you test positive, it might be helpful to trace your contacts. Okay. Well, those were the questions we had for today. And I just want to remind yeah. our listeners that uh, if you do have a question or a message you'd like to share for Dr. Alleman uh, regarding the coronavirus situation, uh, you can call our office number 573 874 1139 and leave us a message or you can also leave us a comment on our Facebook page or you can send me an email at gm at kopn.org We love hearing from you and um, if appropriate we'll share your question in future broadcasts so again that number to call to leave a message is 573-874-1139 or you can send an email to gm at kopn.org or reach out to us on our Facebook page. Thank you so much, Tim, and thank you to everybody for all of what you're doing. And and, uh, once again, I'm going to encourage everyone to cultivate a cheerful confidence that their body can handle whatever it is that's coming next. We're we're all in it together. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. Yeah. Till Monday, Tim. Mm -hmm. Okay, bye. Once again, you've been listening to The Community Pulse on KOPN. This is your local special report on the coronavirus situation here in mid-Missouri. You can catch it every weekday morning at 9 a.m. only on KOPN. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to get back into our regular programming with Open Mic Radio here in a minute. And coming up at 10 a.m., we have a special 
edition of Speaking of the Arts with Diana Moxon. So please, stay tuned. <laughs>